Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome back, everybody, back into Unrelated at Birth here on another week. We are back live and loaded. We've got Adam back in the house. As always, you've got the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you live and in living color from the top of the state of Alabama in the Unrelated at Birth podcast studio. Yeah, up here, Adam. You got to do the hand motion, man. Top of the state of Alabama Uh, in the Unrelated at Birth podcast studio here in my basement. And as always, I have brought my friend along, the one, the only, the phenomenal brother, Adam Russell. Adam, how was vacation, man? Oh, it was great, man. We... um moved the dates to take advantage of what looked like a better weather forecast. And sure enough, we nailed it. Um, didn't see a drop of rain the whole time. And being at the beach, that's a big deal when you have a pool kid and a beach kid that like to spend time in the water. So we um, got to do everything we wanted to do, showed up at the place, wiped it down, basically sanitized it like it was our own house and um, got takeout everywhere we went and made the most of what we could in the middle of the, these unprecedented times. The unprecedented yeah. new normal. Yeah, Exactly. But no, it was um, good, man. How about you? You traveled was, a little bit too, man. I did. We were actually in the same neck of the woods this week, yeah. uh, but didn't get to see each other. I was down at Orlando. I went to uh, to the the wonderful House of Mouse, and uh, it was hot. <laughs> I could say this. I, I love going to Disney, but it was super hot with a mask on everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be um, but I felt more comfortable at Disney World than I do at my uh, local grocery store. Yeah. Just because Disney does it right. Uh, so if you're watching us on Facebook, you will notice that there's a third square. And that third square it will be here tonight talking about this heavy topic. Uh, like I've said on all of our, our posts today, we don't normally do, well, we do about once a month, once every other month, a pretty heavy topic. Of course, last time Adam and I were both recording together, we were uh, arguing with each other, and you could you could sort of say that that was a heavy topic. It got uh, that way, yeah. But this is going to be one that is a true heavy topic, and we mean for it to be. Uh, Alexander Wade, just call him Wade. Uh, Wade, what's going on, buddy? Man, I'm doing great, man. You know, uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, this is a nice production. You got. I'm watching. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of the viewers on Facebook right now. <laughs> it's pretty cool man i like it so yeah i'm good man ready to do this thing well it's it's not anywhere near as good as your production on your wrath and grace uh podcast y'all have a a good studio production hey man you know it it took a while you know we started it was it was rough you know so but we're a couple years into the game man and yeah the lord's blessed us 
Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I think we're on what, Dave, our fifth or sixth different tool? Yeah, but, but I think so far, <laughs> I think StreamYard's where it's going to stick. Uh, this yeah, is, man, finally. This is working out for us. Um, but let's let's go ahead and give who Wade is, uh, and then you'll understand why he's here for this topic. Uh, Wade is the – I got it wrong when I introduced you on the live. It's the director for member ministry at Summit Crossing, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Not of, for. <laughs> for, that's right. <laughs> and, and basically what that is, is, and you were explaining it earlier, it's the catch-all of, of Summit. I mean, you do pretty much anything there, and, and you preach every now and then, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the quickest summary you can give. It is, it is, a, it, it is a renaissance position. Yes, <laughs> there you go. And and I will be honest with you, Wade. I, you and I have crossed paths numerous times in the past. I, we've never truly met until tr- summit. Uh, but I will say, seeing you from way back in AT and T days to now, I can truly say I've seen a huge growth in you spiritually. Um, Thanks, man. Just, just, you know, personally, I can say that because I, I, from the first time I sat in a pew and heard you speak, I was like, oh, it's Wade. I've heard him before. And then when you got up there and you opened up the word, I was like, holy crap. I I was called to the proverbial carpet for having that, oh, it's Wade uh, (laughs) thought in my, in my head. So I, I, I want to apologize to you, even though I didn't have say that to you personally. Oh, um, man, you ain't got to apologize, man. I know me. So whatever you were thinking, <laughs> it was it was more charitable than I deserved. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So let's get into it, man. Uh, we were asked to cover this topic by our friend Kevin Robertson. How do you raise a Christian child, a godly child in this secular age and do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides read your Bible and pray, which is, I mean, all right, end of discussion, let's go. Uh, <laughs> what, what is, where do you start? How, how do you do it? How do you even begin? Yeah. So let's, let's get into that first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just going to just like start. I'm just going to throw. Like, yeah, let's do it. Just one of life's the camera. You know, greatest questions. All right. But uh, <laughs> yeah. what is the meaning of life? Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah no, man. But first, man, you know, I'm, I'm jealous over that. I want to know what you're sipping on because oh. I'm, I'm trying to get in on that. What is what is that right there? This is Weller Special Reserve. Oh man, if I'd have known y'all got down like this, I'd have been getting down. But anyway, I mean, I do. <laughs> Adam normally has coffee. This is a flat oh. white from Starbucks in this cup. So, oh man, <laughs> I got a I got an empty uh, Gatorade bottle. So I, <laughs> I was trying to hide it from the pastor, you know, as I'm. <laughs> oh please, please. Man, you don't know, bro. I mean, I'd be I'm jealous right now. Man, all right. So next time you have me on the show, I know that I I, yes, sir. Free to partake. All right. Pour you a sip and let's go. Yeah, man. (laughs) But now, man, I think um uh raising uh godly children uh is important. It's uh it's uh I don't want to say a burden, but it's 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 something that should be on the mind of, of every parent. Um and uh and and in some ways it's really simple uh but the world <laughs> the world likes to make it more and more difficult uh and, yeah. and uh but uh, but raising godly children uh 
simply put, doesn't look much different than disciple making in general. And, um, you know, the scriptures teach us, man, if Christ is lifted up, he'll draw all men to himself. Um, and, and, and this is one of them verses where I trust it to the point where it doesn't, you, you don't have to slice up. This is all encompassing. It includes every demographic of, of humanity. If Christ is lifted up, he'll draw all men to himself. And, and, and so that includes black men, white men, old men, young men, women, children, it includes everybody. And so I think the first step, uh, in raising godly children is, uh, is your home is, is, is your home a place where, where Christ is lifted up, uh, where he is uh, visible, where he is clearly easily and consistently seen, um, in the walls of your home. Uh, because, uh, uh, the scriptures tell us, man, when we do, when that happens, um, God will draw all people to himself, including our children. Um, and so I, I, I think in the most practical way, we'll, we can, we'll probably, depending on what questions are asked, we can get to some specifics on what things can look like in the home. But um, uh, that is probably one of the most practical things that 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 I'm trying to do and that when I'm talking uh, to, to people uh, about what's going on in their homes, uh, I'm, I'm asking for it's like is, is what is your how was Christ worshipped in your home? How is he talked about? How how is he? How is he pointed uh, towards in the home uh, uh, throughout the whole week? Uh, and, and that is going to probably be the most uh, impactful thing uh, that can that can happen with with raising kids, especially when you consider, man, we look at uh, if that's not happening. What very much is happening is our kids are being taught. Our kids are being taught every day. They're being taught by by TV um, when they're in school. They're being taught. Um, and depending on where you live and what's being taught in the schools, if they're in public school, whatever, you know, they're they're being taught and what's being taught was 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 compiled by somebody with beliefs and with the worldview and et cetera. And, and so they are being taught for hours and hours and hours every day and um, taking them to church once a week is just not going to cut it uh, in terms of raising godly children. Uh, so it really does have to be. That's a, a good question to be asking yourself. Like, how is Jesus worshipped? How is Jesus pointed to seven days a week in my home? And what does that look like? What does that sound like? Yeah, yeah. we tried to we tried to by putting them in the school that we put them in, kind of make sure that it's part of their daily routine, um, both at school and at home. And then we go to church on the weekends before you know you do what you can virtually now. Um, but it um, through that immersion, it was interesting to see with Aiden and it'll be interesting to see if the same pattern emerges with Emma. But, you know, with my son, he um, just kind of came to himself one day. We were, he was laying in bed with my wife and she was singing him a song and all that. And then he turned over and said, mom, I think I'm ready to accept Jesus. You know, and he, mm. and he, because of everything that he'd heard and seen, he knew what that meant. He understood the implications. He understood all of those things. And, and we um, kind of walked him down the path a little bit longer after that to make sure that he fully understood before we, you know, did anything definitive, but he's been baptized, everything like that. I, that immersion, I think, you know, is part of it as many ways as you can get them in front of the word in front of, you know, godly things. I think that the interesting thing, you know, we see in today's society is one thing that they have that we didn't have was YouTube, right? Yeah. When I was a kid, whatever was on the TV is what was on the TV. And if you didn't like that, you found something else to do. But there's a over supply of choice. 
Yeah. And what they themselves, when you give them device time or something, can put themselves in front of. And sometimes you, you know, it's hard to stay ahead of that. And you can be behind the curve every now and then in what they're actually able to find or see. And, you know, and even if it's not anything bad, you know, like like you'd consider adult themes or anything like that, it could very quickly turn into something that's just behavior you don't want them to even, you know, try to emulate. Yeah. Um, so even, you know, when you try to immerse, like you're saying, you know, there's so many shaping influences that they come across these days that we didn't even have to really think about when we were young. Yeah. You know, you know, in terms of, you know, obviously YouTube, phones, tablets, stuff like that are going to give kids more access. But but I think in a very practical way, it's even outside of that. Right. It, it's 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 the, we have a lot more opportunities than we realize uh, to point point kids to Christ. And a lot of times it comes down to what do we appeal to um, mm. as as our means for encouragement or what do we appeal to as our means to correct behavior? And so, um, so what I mean by that is you could, you could, you know, we, I have two sons, they fight all the time and usually about <laughs> silly things, man, you know, and, uh, but you know, when somebody doesn't want to share, you know, their toys or something like that, you can say, Hey, stop being mean to your brother and leave it at that. Or that same thing can be, Hey, uh, why don't you want to be kind and share to your brother? Hasn't God been kind to you? Mm. Right. And so and and so these are little things um, that my uh, my wife and I try to make a habit in our home to not just appeal to some nameless, faceless, agnostic um, uh, sense of right and wrong. It's just wrong because I said so. Uh, but there's a higher authority of right and wrong. Um, or, and so when I'm saying, Hey, be kind, it's be kind because God has been kind to you. Mm. Or when I'm saying share it's share because God gives freely to you. Right. Yeah. Or, or when I'm encouraging, you know what I mean? It's, it's to say, man, uh, man, why should you give your best? You know, we do catechisms. Right. And so, you know, one of the questions in the cat, Hey, why did God make all things for his glory? Right. And so, so not only did he make all things, he made you with your talents, gifts, skills, ability. And why should you give your best? Because that gives God glory. Right. And so, and so you can, man, you can, you can clean your room in a way that gives God glory. Right. So, mm. uh, so just little things like just realizing that we have opportunity after opportunity, just in practical ways to just, just, just point back. So it's like, what are we appealing to when we're correcting or encouraging? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit different way here, Wade. Um, I did a little research, a little homework, listened to y'all's last podcast, uh, the Wrath and Grace podcast, uh, talking about sports, which is very funny because that was what Adam and my last uh, podcast was about. A lot different topic of the sports. <laughs> but let's, let's – so growing up for me – I was I played baseball a lot. Uh, I don't know if my girls are going to be into sports. I I, I don't know, but yeah. one thing that was always a, an issue that my dad drove home for me is if you have practice on Sundays, we don't go to that. Mm-hmm. Sundays Sunday is God's day. Yeah. What do you say? And I don't think you guys talked about this, but I I, I was hoping you would. What do you say to a, a world who sees Sunday as one of the days of the weekend to relax mm-hmm. and they say, all right, let's have baseball practice on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And, but your know, dad, all my, all my buddies are going to practice. Why can't I, you know, mm-hmm. how, how do you tackle that? 
Yeah. Um, man, that's a, that's a good one, you know, uh, because especially, man, down here, you know, in the South, man, you know, man, sports is a big deal. Yeah, you know, right. you got travel ball, you know, and man, it's, it's baseball, basketball, you know, it's like it's a big deal and it's happening, you know, seven days a week. Um, you know, that question really is going to uh, first and foremost, you know, even outside of kids, man, you got to uh, uh, think about what the Lord's day means um, to you and your family. What, you know, uh, what does your church hold to? Uh, because there's this is one of those things, man, there are, there's a wide range of opinions on the Lord's Day and how to keep it. Um, you've got folks who are, you know, kind of like no different than Old Testament Sabbatarians, Seventh-day Sabbatarians, where, you know, the Jews, they kept track of how many steps they took uh, mm-hmm. on the Sabbath. Right. And if you took one more step, <laughs> you know, uh, that was considered work. Right. And right. so. Uh, so is that the point, right? To be that literal uh, uh, about the Lord's Day? Uh, I don't know. I don't tend to fall there. Um, uh, then you'll have uh, folks who um, are uh, 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 of the camp that uh, you know. Oh well, um, Jesus is our rest, right? Our rest is no longer in a day. Our rest is in Christ, and since we're in Him, we're continually at rest, right? And so some folks would fall there. Uh, where where I I get where 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 they would get there, um, uh, but that does cause some problems theologically. You you kind of end up um, falling into uh, antinomianism a, a bit there, um, and or uh, new covenant uh, theology uh, there. And so so you're you're in a situation where uh, uh, nine of the ten commandments are applicable but the fourth is in Jesus. Right. And it, right. So you've got an inconsistency yeah. there um, yeah. or uh, you're, you're antinomian altogether where it's, you know, uh, at that point, you know, if that's, you get to the point essentially at the end of that thought where the 10 commandments are just kind of out, they're not really, they no longer exist as morally binding. Um, so <laughs> this is a deeper theological yeah. question. Yeah. Than, hey, <laughs> you no, know, um, we, we're, we're touching it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, man, do you know what you just asked me, man? This is something that's been <laughs> like, yo, like there's a whole, this is a big question, right? So it's not as simple as like, oh, what I do. So, man, like if you've never even taught, talked about or thought about the things um, uh, that I just said, and you're like, man, I don't even know what antinomianism is, right? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's anti, you know, what anti means, right? And then yes. nom- nomian comes from the Greek namos means law, anti-law, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so that, so you essentially are lawless. Uh, it's 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 all grace to the point where there's lawlessness, right? Uh, right. So, uh, so so if you never thought about and wrestled with these things, all of these things are going to have an impact on your Sabbath doctrine, right? Or on your Lord's Day doctrine. Even that Sabbath Lord's Day, that language there, like all that is 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 loaded into that. So, um, so <laughs> so all that to say, it's loaded. Man, <laughs> it's loaded. I think. I think that uh, as as Christians, we should uh, extend each other a tremendous amount of grace on these things. Kind of, you know, in, in general, um, it's not that it's not important. It is important because all of God's truth is important. Uh, but not all truth is equal, right? The Bible tells us that there is a truth that is of first importance, and that is the gospel. Uh, and, and so, w- when we are thinking about certain things, um, we have to do the best we can. 
um, we have to listen to our conscience uh, on some of these things on you know, where I am as an individual uh, and what I, what I believe is right for my family. Uh, and if it's not a salvific uh, issue, if it's not something that is a, a compromising the gospel, right? So if it's not, it's like, man, if I play ball, you know, after church on Sunday and go to practice, am I going to go to hell? No, you're not, right? Your salvation is not on the line on this issue. And so because of that, this is, this is Paul, when he talks about a first importance, he's talking about the gospel. What must I do to be saved and not playing baseball on Sunday is not that right. Yeah. And so, so, uh, so you can be wrong and it doesn't mean to just, Oh, I don't care. I don't want to study this. No, no. Take your time, wrestle with these things, uh, figure out what's, what's best for your family. Um, and then make a decision, understanding that, uh, whatever decision you make, uh, grace is still going to be needed in that. Yeah, I I would say that the most important thing there is less about, to your point, you know, are you playing it on Sunday after church? Are you resting on Sunday? And more about, are you making sports an overall bigger priority in the child's life than Jesus or or following Jesus is? You know, if if there's if there's leeway given when they're on the field for bad behavior that wouldn't be tolerated elsewhere, and you're giving that the priority, or if you're, you know, living vicariously through them you know, by having your child play something they're not interested in, but it's what you want to do, you know, what you think they should do, you know, it's what you show the priority is going to be is the thing that they're going to hold either for or against that priority, right? They're either going to come to resent Mm -hmm. that influence in their life, or they're going to make it a priority too, forsaking other things that are more important that they could have been pointed to instead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely could send that message. Right. Um, And and I think one of the, uh, that's one of the things, man, I I think we have a, um, we don't teach enough about, uh, Christian Liberty. Um, you know, uh, Dave's over there right now, enjoying one of his Christian liberties, right. A, a, a strong drink, right. Yes, sir. And, 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 and so, uh, the body, you know, and so what, what happens oftentimes is we have this like slippery slope, um, kind of mentality, uh, about, uh, right and wrong, you know, just sin in general. Uh, and, and essentially we have this thing where it's like, uh, you know, if I could, if this thing could leave me, lead me eventually to sin, then I don't do any of it. Right. Uh, yeah. it'd be like, it'd be like saying, I'm not going to drive that car because it can go up to 120. Right. Uh, and so, but that's not how we're called to live. We actually have Liberty. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, the Bible teaches, for example, against drunkenness, uh, but it also encourages people in certain scenarios to give someone strong drink. Right. And, and so, and, and so as Christians, we have Liberty, uh, in a number of different, uh, areas. Uh, and, and so, um, and this is something that when we don't understand that we walk around, I don't think anybody should feel, uh, walking around feeling super, weighed down, you know, by, uh, you know, to the point where they are just, man, just, just beating themselves up because, uh, sure. you know, maybe a, a, a baseball schedule got a little complex over the summer or something like that. Or, you know, it, I don't, I don't think all that's necessary. And I don't, I don't believe in the slippery slope personally. Really? Um, I, I don't, I don't hold to the slippery slope. I do think now with kids, right. Uh, to your, to your point, you want to, you want to teach them, right. Right. The scriptures tells us, you know, train up a child in the way that they would go and what they should go when they get old, they won't depart from it. Uh, and so, uh, uh, the funny thing about that is we only teach that in the affirmative. We, we don't, uh, uh, teach that, that principle is true positively and negatively. Um, mm-hmm. so we, we teach our children positively, right. They're more likely to con- continue in those 
positive, good, righteous behaviors. Um, and and they, they won't depart from it. Well, the same is true when we teach them bad things and we teach them wrong things. It's very difficult if they if they are raised uh, uh, with unhealthy patterns, um, unhealthy prioritizations to, to get older and break from those things. So it's not that it's not possible. It's just it's just a matter of difficulty. Uh, so so we do need to be mindful of that. And so kind of one of the uh, things that I, I like to lean on, whether it's kids or adults or whoever, is, uh, you know, how the scriptures talk about, it, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Um, the key word in that text is the word if. Right. The word if. Right. It, it, if it causes you to sin, cut it off. Right. So um, so it doesn't mean cut it off, you know, you know, like, man, don't live in Liberty in any, any type of way. Don't experience anything, man. It's like, man, if athletics are an idol to you or to your child, cut it off. If screen time is an idol to your child, cut it off. If it's not, you're at Liberty, right? If uh, consuming strong drink is, is, is something that you lack control in, cut it off. If you have self-control, and can have a drink and you're not dependent on it and it's not an idol, you're at liberty, right? And so uh, and so we have a number of things that apply to just Christian living as well as parenting that that, that would fall into that. Yeah. Man, that's, I, I, I'm ready for church already. Let's, let's go. Is it Sunday already? Um, I, wow, that's, I, I've never heard it put that way, Wade. And I, thank you for, for bringing that up. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, you know, I've been in church for my 39 years of life. And and that is something that I've, you know, I, I've heard that verse my entire life, but never put the emphasis on if. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a, a whole new way of looking at that verse. And and mm-hmm. now that you mention it like that, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Oh, um, man. So these oftentimes are, are not matters of sin, but they're matters of wisdom. And mm-hmm. that's going to vary from household to household. What is wise? for your wife what is wise for your children that's going to be different than what's wise for my children um and 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 it's the reason why <laughs> you know uh it, it's the reason it's so important so much so like you know god god in in his scriptures has given us three you know he's given us structure he's given us authority and there are three primary realms of authority in the life of the believer the church uh the the authority of the parent in the household and the state Right. And, and those are those are all God ordained, the state, the church and the authority of the parent and the authority of the of the parent supersedes the authority of the church. Yeah. Uh, and so and so it, there's a unique. And what I mean by that is, is uh, uh, as a parent, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, it's the church's job to, to, to teach and to uh, to shepherd. Uh, and to protect from false doctrine and, and and to care all those things but but when it comes down to it man what happened what's going on in you guys home um it's you guys job to lead there to protect there to correct there right to shepherd there right and and if there's and it has to be that way when i say the 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 parents authority supersedes the authority of church in in, in some cases right if this if these things are all operating healthy you know, if you had a 15 year old, for example, let's say your, your kids, you know, 14, 15, they get baptized and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and maybe we have a difference of opinion on something. Well, the church thinks you should do, you know, maybe they sinned and, and, and they think accountability should look this way. And you're their parent. You think it, look, you think it should look that way. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the church shouldn't have the right to step in and, 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 and 
really dictate like what's going on uh, in, in terms of how you're correcting, unless it's going into, you know, some type of abuse or, or something sinful. Yeah. So, yeah. so there, you know, there's some overlap, uh, but, but, but man, the, the role of authority, the, the structure put in place and, and how much it means in the home uh, as godly parents, man, it's invaluable. Yeah. I so mean, I've uh, got Hold up. I've got to put this up there because Amanda, my wife called me to the carpet. <laughs> you see it too, Wade. One thing to remember, it has to be a complete picture. You can't tell your child practice is not allowed and then watch baseball on TV on uh, Sunday. Uh, there you go. There you go. My, go ahead, my, my <laughs> wife has called me on the carpet. Ooh, I'm going to be over here in the corner reading a book while you handle that. <laughs> no, 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 Adam. It's Ooh. time for you to talk now. <laughs> oh, you want me to rescue you? Got it. Yeah, um, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a book, um, Shepherding a Child's Heart, um, leading up oh, to this. One of the, yeah, one of the things it talked about exactly like you're saying is that when you're disciplining your child or trying to correct their behavior, it's not an interpersonal struggle between you and them. It's you using the authority God gave you to instruct them in the right way they should go. And it's not that you're trying to get them to behave in a way that you want them to. It's ultimately their misbehavior is, is a failure of the standard God has set mm -hmm. and that they need to be working towards pleasing him and doing what is right by him, by honoring you and honoring God at the same time. And that, that for me, I think, you know, it has helped us because, um, you know, every kid has their moments and everything like that. And I see it in Aiden, a lot of putting it that way, because he's always kind of gotten that whole thing. Like we talked about earlier, totally understood, you know, sin and what Jesus came down um, to earth for and what the whole purpose of the story was. And to say it that way to him of, you know, you're not really letting me down at the end of the day. It's, you're letting God down. Ultimately, it works up to to Him, you know, and that that really resonates with Him. That's one thing we've been able to to find some traction with there. But yeah, great book. I recommend that to everybody who um yeah. This kind of topic is it's several different ways of looking at all these kind of things. So yeah, I agree. Good book. It is. Uh, let me. Let, we've got to go there. We've. Uh, this has been, and I warned you about this for, before we started recording. In this day and age. TV is a big issue and what yeah. you see on TV is a big issue. Mm -hmm. And in the last, well, in the last many, many years, race is a big issue on TV, but it's, it's popped up a lot more this last, what, wait, four months, five months. Yeah, man. You know, um, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, uh, uh, COVID-19 and, racism are connected somehow i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was that easy i wish like, it was that easy <laughs> it's like somebody looked under a microscope and said i found racism <laughs> it's called covid 19 um, it's all coming to the surface at the same time <laughs> <laughs> so you're not from the south but i know that you've the south is unfortunately steeped in in racism and and maybe some not understood weight racism um so the way i raised my daughters or the way my parents raised me adam help me out here it might not be the easiest the the right way to do it because there's the word systemic racism you you don't like that word right that, i don't that like phrase. i don't like most terms 
<laughs> just in general. <laughs> I right. don't like most terms or phrases because no one takes the time to define them. Mm, and okay. and so people will um, they'll be speaking past each other because they have different definitions in their mind. Okay. Uh, so I do my best in general to uh, avoid popular terms and phrases. Okay, so let's say it like this: uh, what the way I was raised speaking, the, the way I was raised to to do things, not to do things, but what was okay, might be considered racist in other terms or not co- kosher in mm-hmm. other in other you know, realms. Yeah. How can we, I don't want to use the word woke because that is, uh, that's one of those terms that people term. yep. <laughs> look down upon, but how can we teach our children to be inclusive of everybody's culture and, and woke, but, uh, and, and able to, to incorporate everybody and not look, away from somebody else and not say the wrong thing. When I was raised one way, you were raised, raised one way. Adam was raised one way. You know, how do we do it biblically and not offend everybody else? Ooh, how to not offend people. That is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> There's my second big question. What's Wayne? the meaning of life and how do we not ever offend anybody? I mean, those are the two questions, man. Yeah, man. Let me tell you something. Uh, Jesus was about as perfect as you're going to get, and they killed him. So there should be very little hope uh, for <laughs> anyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but no, man, um, uh, offense, um, uh, offense is necessary um, mm-hmm. in some context. It shouldn't be the goal. It shouldn't be the goal, but it shouldn't be the hindrance. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't hold you back. Um, so I, I think uh, setting a goal to not offend um, is not necessarily a good goal. Um, I, I think uh, I don't. Again, I don't think the goal the goal should be to offend. But the truth in general, truth is offensive. Uh, for for every absolute, there is someone who stands on the other side of that absolute, um, and so uh, you know you can um, you can make a simple statement. You know what I mean? You you, you could say, okay, uh, truth. Um, you know, I love children. Um, I think they're a gift from the Lord. Uh, they should be protected, right? Um, and uh, and so therefore, uh, your 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 belief in that truth um, may lead you to say, Hey, abortion is wrong. Right. Right. And, and, and so you're just in saying that you're going to offend people who feel differently. Right. And so was your goal to offend? No. Um, but, uh, the truth should be spoken. Uh, and if it happens to offend people and it will happen to offend people, there's, there's, there's no way you can stand on anything and not have somebody stand opposed to it. It's just the way it is. So, um, it's one of, one of the things I've always said, man, I don't trust somebody who has no enemies, (laughs) you know, because if you've ever, (laughs) if you've ever stood for anything, there is someone who has stood opposed to that. Uh, and, and and it's to be expected. So I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust people who have no enemies. Um, but, um, so, so you're, you're Alexander Hamilton and not Aaron Burr, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, man. You know, Burr, <laughs> you know, Burr's like, you know, don't tell him what you stand for. You know, that was his downfall, yeah. man. You know, he's like, you know, Jefferson has yeah. beliefs, Burr has none, right? Boom. Right. So, yeah. 
Yep. Uh, I may or may not have seen that a few times, but oh, uh, we're we're um, big Hamilton fans here. You can join us on Thursday night for Hamilton trivia, then. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. please! Oh, I'll wash you guys, man. Y'all ain't ready. But, um, oh, oh, we are bringing we're bringing Adam's wife on because she knows everything about Hamilton. Every hey, man, bring it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> But uh, let me see. But not. But to, but to get back to the, you know, just the the general topic of of raising raising kids. You got, you know, yeah. again, they're being taught, they're being indoctrinated, right? Um, right. Race is a huge thing that comes up, and 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 it's important. Uh, I, I think one of the big uh, mistakes. I think it's uh, a well-meaning mistake. Is uh, we tend to. Um, we tend to just not teach. We think we're doing people or even our kids a service by not talking about certain things, right? Oh, we don't even talk about race with our kids. We've never talked about it, right? With our kids. And, and it's looked at as a good thing. Like it's because what we're saying and what we're trying to do by not talking about it or, or not, not bringing up people's skin color is, is pretty much trying to make it like, Oh, they're, you know, uh, we're all the same. Right. Um, and, and, and in a good way, and it's it's a good meaning. But then what ends up happening with that is uh, uh, the apps. It's like I, I've just got a saying in general, man, in the same way, like politically. Right. Uh, what's the problem with mo- removing a dictator? You leave a void. And what happens with voids? They get, they get filled. filled. Right. Voids get filled. Yeah. And this happens mm-hmm. in the minds of our children as well. And so anything that you think uh, is important um, anything that you want them to think rightly about, um, you cannot leave a void because it will get filled. Um, uh, and so if you want them to think rightly about race, you have to teach them rightly about race. Uh, not talking about it uh, leaves a void and that void will get filled. And there's not many places that that are just going to just fill your kid's mind in, in, with issues of race or you know gender or sexuality or any of the other things that are uh, uh, commonly talked about in, in the media these days. Um, that are going to, these are not voids that you want filled by these mediums. Uh, and so, so yeah, man, you got to talk about these things rightly and teach rightly, uh, and not leave a void in your kids' minds. See that that's a tough one. And, you know, let's, let's leave race for a second because you mentioned it, sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, if kids, I mean, Adam and I watch, we're, we're Disney. Adam works for Disney. once again, anybody who works for Disney, this is Dave talking, not Adam. Adam works for Disney, so I have to put that mm-hmm. that message out there. Um, Should I change are, the ticker to just scroll that across the bottom for the show? <laughs> you might need to. <laughs> um, Disney is starting to put Disney Junior shows with the worldly way of saying alt lifestyle families. Mm. Should we avoid those Disney Junior shows or should we let our girls watch them and then explain to them what's different? Mm. Okay, that was I mean, the end of the question right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what do you want me what more do you want me to ask you? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think uh um I think probably the uh the word in there that throws me off is should. Right. Um, right. Uh, because, uh, you know, should, you know, is a, is a word that is uh, I'm, I'm uh, you'll learn the more you talk about me. I'm, I'm not really 
into, you know, some of these just terms get loaded. And another thing that I, I like to stay away from is, is things that um, are morally binding. Um, I right. believe we should be morally bound to what the scripture uh, morally binds us to and nothing more. Um, yeah. And and so and again, these go into issues of wisdom. So so again, like so, for example, should I. Right. So should would mean like, you know, like should is like, like, should I should I seek out content? Right. And purposefully what what I think what's more likely and what's more common in the life of believers is that you're watching a show or a movie that you enjoy and it has a great story and it may have some other great things. And there happens to be um, something or someone or a subject matter in that uh, that you weren't expecting. Right. And then mm-hmm. so then it becomes, oh, man, do we continue watching this or do we, you know what I mean? It, you're right. So that that seems to be what's what's most common. And um, and these these are things uh, that uh, are unavoidable uh, because, you know, whether it comes across your television screen or whether you see uh, something just walking in, a, in, in the grocery store, you'll you'll see a, a man who's who's decided to live his life you know, functionally as a woman, you'll, you'll see it in a grocery store and kids will be the first one to point and, and call it, you know, you're going to have to have these conversations at some point in time. Now, uh, uh, I, I think, you know, depending on age and, and, and maturity, uh, you know, you're, you're going to want to be more protective and, 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 and guard, uh, what their eyes and ears take in. Um, uh, but here, here's the thing is I find it more important to, um, so when I say teach rightly, um, there's a time to teach against, but what's more important is to teach what is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like when you're, um, you know, uh, the, 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 per- the people who know the Mona Lisa and know it's the real authentic Mona Lisa. Um, they, the way they, they, they spot counterfeits is not by chasing all these counterfeits. It's that they know what's real. They know the authentic one so well that when anything's presented, that's not that it registers as that's not it. Right. I know what's right. Um, and so what's more important is again, right. When we're talking about a consistent rhythm of like, how are you teaching the truths of God to your children in your home seven days a week? Um, uh, how are you teaching affirmatively, right? You don't necessarily have to at a young age, get into, you know, okay, well, let me sit down and talk to you about, you know, homosexuality and you're, you're four, right? Or you're five, however right. you yeah. right? Right. But, but what's more important is that you have a consistent high, uh, habit of, of teaching and highlighting and speaking about what is good and right and pleasing to the Lord. So much, so much so that even your young child, when, when he or she sees something that is out of step with that, they'll go, dad, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not what it's, it's not right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've right. had that. I've had that with, with my five-year-old. Right. And we've never had these conversations about homosexuality or anything like that, but we do talk affirmatively about who he is as a young man and who he is, who, who his sister is. And, and we talk affirmatively about mommy and daddy and, and they see our relationship and they, they, they see our intimacy and they, they hear and see that this is good and right and pleasing to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, searching it out, you know, and, and bringing it up. If it, if it, if opportunity presents itself, I think we would definitely capitalize on that. There've been a few of those, especially with Aiden being older, 
but I, I think the thing that I see more often than not with the specific example you're using, Dave, of the of the content, particularly on Disney Junior or Nick Junior, or especially things that kids are going to be exposed to, is folks will go out on social media and post it and say, this is absolutely disgusting and mm-hmm. they should never do this. And it's those types of absolutes that get put out there where you're talking about train a child in the way they should go, both the positive and the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, if they hear that conversation on the phone or hear you talking to somebody and you say that's disgusting, they'll carry that with them. Because for me, I work with numerous people that are same-sex couples that have children and they drop them off at kindergarten, just like you'll see in Doc McStuffins, you know, that they're dropping their kids off for a play date. And there are, there are going to be instances like that where that's going to happen to a lot of people and a lot of families. And I think that it not only, you know, how our children see it, but, you know, in the, in the day of social media, especially, you know, someone likes a post who comments on something that commented on something else. And all of a sudden it's in their feed that one of your Facebook friends said that about them. And it could impact your interpersonal relationship with them, your ability to work with them and your ability to even share the gospel and, and disciple to them. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that for me is just where I don't think we always realize that our kids are listening and that our kids can see things and hear things that we don't necessarily think they can. Yeah. Because I see that a lot, it's particularly centered around some of the Disney Junior stuff of just words like horrible and disgusting and that type of thing. But, you know, there are people who are really living that in their life. That is their daily life. Yeah. And that is not the way for us to, I believe, share that and, and say our opinion on it, you know, but um, but for me, I, I think, you know, living in Florida, much more progressive locally, you know, and then the counties that we live in than, than uh, some places can be, you know, we've had those opportunities to talk about it. And it's not easy, mm-hmm. but you take the opportunity and you run with it as best you can. I mean, I definitely can't put it as eloquently as you wait, you know. The Mona Lisa thing was really good. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, you, you, you try and, and you just try to teach them. You know, our, one of the church we used to go to down here always said Christianity talks so much around what they're against. You know, we need to talk more about what we're for. And what we're for is loving people and leading them to Christ and, you know, teaching them the path to take rather than condemning their actions. Because then you've closed the door before you've even had an opportunity to step through it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I agree, man. I think that's part of, you know, uh, church culture that that has started from a good place. But sometimes we can run, you know, it, yeah. it's it's the, re- you know, we're called Protestants. You know what I mean? Like literally for 500 years, we've identified with our, uh, ourselves with a term that says what we are against. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and so with that, you know, we we tend to uh, emphasize what we are against. Um, and, and this was again, right? This was coming out of uh, the papacy and, and and Rome and and all that was being taught there, and it was really important um, to to say, you know, hey, what we're against, right? Uh, but we're we're five hundred years removed, and it's important to know uh, 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 not just what we're against, but but what we're for. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a healthy way to teach, um, especially when you're teaching teaching kids and and just man, just teach them what's right, and then and and when things come up. You know, they'll let you know. They'll be like, man, dad, that's, you know, if, but again, that's if you're actually doing it, you know, and I, I think that's the, the tough part, you know, just, just being straight up, man. I talked to a lot of dudes and, and, uh, and, and that's the biggest, that's, that's the next step, right? Like, so this, this conversation right here would be step one. Like, oh man, those are some really good ways to think about that. Or those are some really good ways to talk about that. And, um, it means nothing if you don't actually think about it and talk about it and do it 
and implement it in some practical way in your home. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 you know, if you just listen to this podcast and you agree with it uh, because I'm, you know, saying things that are, you know, Christian and conservative, and that's the lens through which you see the world and you don't actually go and apply these things in your home, then what's the point? You know, yeah. uh, it's for you to listen to this and feel good because you think the same things as some other people. Like, no, man, we actually have to do this stuff. You know, we actually have to we actually have to lead. We actually have to have these conversations. We actually need to 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 pray. Uh, we actually, you know what I mean? We, we actually need to pray for our wives. Actually need to pray for our kids. Actually need to read scripture to them. Actually need to 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 correct them, not just uh, with general, you know, uh, uh, corrections that that don't point back to Jesus, but but you know what I mean. Like we actually have to yeah. do this stuff. So that would be my hope, man. Is is uh you know anybody who's really got questions about this stuff that it would be go that it would go beyond um uh, just listening to the podcast and giving a hearty amen. Yeah. And that's that's our hope for this. I, I you know like like I've said in numerous posts today and and you know in our groups we're normally a pretty jovial happy-go-lucky you know goofy topic podcast but every now and then we have to get into the weeds and i, I want to say if you're listening to this show and you don't you have questions you, you want to know what we're talking about my twitter's open we have emails are open uh we we want to help people talk about so i, I think this needs to be an open dialogue yep. you know we we, we need to uh, this world uh, the 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 era that the three of us gentlemen were, were raised in, men don't talk. Mm. We don't talk about our feelings. Mm. That needs to stop. Yeah, because for the for the family, the kids to be raised godly, they need to see us cry. They need to see us at our most humble. They need mm. to because God was never pr- proud. Jesus was never proud. Jesus was never, you know, he never put up walls. What you got with Jesus is what you you saw. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that dads should be Jesus, but the dad is the figurehead of the house. Mm. God, God set a family up to be that way. Mm. What your child sees in you is hopefully what they see in God because we're supposed to run to God and say, daddy, father, and fall in his lap. Mm. And, and the only way your kid's going to be able to do this is to be humble, is for you to be humble and show emotion with your kids. And Wade, tell me if I'm off, off course with this. But uh, to me, I think that that is where a lot of the world's problems have come is the figurehead of the family, the man, is too prideful and too boastful and too afraid to let his family see him at his most downtrodden times. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, You know, uh, for the first point about emotions, I totally agree. Um, You know, we were made with emotions on purpose, you know. Uh, You know, and and it's, it's go it's, there's a, there's just a number of things again, right? If you don't have honest dialogue and honest, uh, 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 honest view of of 
emotion in your home, it leaves a void and voids are going to get filled. Right. And, and so, you know what I mean? You, you want to have this, uh, uh, visible, uh, in your home, your kids need to see this being worked out, um, in a mature way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's a good thing, man. I'm, I'm, you know, Adam, Adam and Eve, you know, sometimes we talk about emotions as if it was like a symptom of the fall. Like we use emotions almost like a, a bad thing, right? Um, you know, it's even like in political uh, 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 political conversations nowadays, man. One of my least favorite quotes, and, um, <laughs> you know, Christians use this quote all the time, uh, but it's <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah. and, and I hate that quote because facts don't care. Maybe facts don't care my, about my feelings, but Jesus does. God acts, right. absolutely cares about my feelings, yeah. and uh, and this this <laughs> the the unfortunate thing about this is is this 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 quote is is uh, the source of it is from a man who rejects Jesus, mm. you know, mm. and 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 this is who's educating us on our relationship with feelings and truth is a man who rejects the truth of the gospel, right, and and so <laughs> it's, it's yeah. just. A, and in all these facts, don't care about your feelings. God cares about our feelings. He made us with feelings and emotions. I'm convinced that had Adam and Eve never sinned, they would still have emotions. And so um, emotions are, are, are not bad things. They are good things, but like all good gifts from the Lord to be, to be stewarded rightly. Um, you know, your money, money's a, a good thing, a good gift from the Lord to be stewarded rightly. But the love of it is the root of all evil. Right. So it's not right. That money yeah. in and of itself, it's not stewarding it rightly and not holding it in the right place. And, and so all these other things, man, it's it's about it's about handling them rightly. We handle our money rightly. We, we handle our emotions rightly. Um, sex, we handle it rightly. There's a right time and a right place for it. You know what I mean? I've heard it say like, you know, sex, for example, it's like a fire. You know, if you, if, if it's, if you put it in the fireplace, it'll warm you. If, if it's not in the fireplace it'll burn your house down. Right. So it's to be handled rightly. Right. So, um, emotions are the, are the same way we, we tend to, we have a, a culture, uh, that, that dismisses them altogether and, and, and tells us that it's a source of strength really to be able to bury them and not show emotion and, and all that stuff, man. So I think that's totally wrong. Uh, and, and, and I think we need to have that with our kids. Our kids need to see us and, and they need to see, you know, they need to see us repenting. And, 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 you know, I've had to ask my, my kids, you know, for, for their forgiveness, uh, at times. And I think those are, those are good things. I think also, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the, what the word you use, you know, the figurehead, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I probably would use a different word just because I think figurehead, I think like the queen of England, she has like, she's a figurehead, but she has no authority. <laughs> you know, yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, where you yeah. actually do have God given authority in your home. And, um, mm. uh, but, uh, uh, you know, but again, right. Even that, right. That's a good gift mm. from the Lord, but it's to be used rightly, you know, the authority that you have. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I think one of the, the best things, you know what I mean? Like what is, what is, you're talking about being proud. I think one of the best things you can do as the, the, the head of your home, as a spiritual leader of your home, um, uh, is, is to recognize your weaknesses, uh, and to, you know, and, and, and man, like you, your wife is probably strong in all the ways that you should be mm-hmm. and you're not. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of times with, uh, with leaders, 
whether it's in an organization, whether it's in a church or even within a home, when you don't have a healthy understanding of authority, uh, when you don't have a, a healthy understanding of what it means to lead, then what it ends up looking like is trying to pass off your weaknesses for strengths to the detriment of the people in your leadership uh, under your care. Um, where what it should be is knowing where you're strong and leading from those strengths, knowing where you're weak and, 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 and knowing where like, man, my wife is strong in so many areas. The best thing I can do is let her be strong in those areas, like not squash it. Right. And not be too proud to say, man, I'm not, I'm not good at this. Teach me, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and that's a form of leadership, you know, and, and, and really, uh, uh, uh valuing, uh, the contributions, uh, that our wives have, uh, that, that our wives bring in, in, in our homes. I think, um, and even scripture talks about this, you know, in, um, was it first Timothy, let me, first <laughs> Timothy, no, second Timothy, second Timothy one, five, uh, you know, so you know who Timothy was, man, he's apostle Paul's right hand man. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he, you know, the, the, these guys were Titans of the faith. And so when you think about Timothy, you know, Paul, he could have appealed to a lot of different things when he talks about Timothy and his spiritual maturity. Um, he could have said, hey, man, you know, I've discipled you all these years and look at you. Right. He yeah. could, there's so, there's so many things he could have said, but it, but he look at look at what he appeals in Second uh, Timothy 1 5. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt where in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. And so when Paul is looking at the, the, the good Christian, when he's looking at the sincere faith, when, he's look, when, when he looks at Timothy and he thinks about all his training, he thinks about all the time he spent with Timothy, he thinks about everything he taught him and discipled him in, and he gives him credit for who Timothy is in the Lord. He points to Timothy's mother and Timothy's grandmother. The, 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 the simple leading and shepherding and pouring into and correcting that happened over years and years and years and years in the home. Uh, and so, um, and so, man, the, the, the role of, uh, of the parent and especially the mother and, and the, the long-term impact on the child um, is, is vital to the, to the long-term health. Hmm. Yeah. I think when, when you talk about, you know, men and expressing their emotions and, and that type of, um, that type of focus, you know, I see vast swaths of the community down here um, that where the men's ministry in the church arena is just underserved, like sorely underserved. And and I don't I don't know if it's a broader problem, you know, than than just you know the local area that that we live in. But it's like when they do have a men's ministry, they meet once twice a year. When they do meet monthly or, or more frequently, it's, hey, we're going to have bacon and see who could grow their beard the longest in the last three months. And yeah. oh, we're going to hammer, see who can hammer the most nails into a piece of wood in a minute and have a competition. And, and it's like, you know, that stuff might get guys in the door, but we should all leave those kinds of things with something that's a little bit deeper and use that as a safe space to express those kinds of things that we don't feel like we can comfortably express to our wives or even some of our friends, especially not at work, you know, in a lot of scenarios. <laughs> and uh, I feel like, you know, that's one thing that we've been looking for that, that I hope to find personally, because, you know, not just a church family, but almost like there's a show Blair watches on NBC now called Council of Dads. And it's almost like you need, 
your own personal council of, of men, you know, your mm -hmm. own tribe in a way, you know, because you see a lot of books out there like John Eldridge, I've read some of his stuff and a lot of it is toned towards like outdoors. And, you know, that's definitely an aspect of masculinity, but there needs to be a softening of that edge because I don't, you know, that, that shepherding our child's heart book, it talks about, um, about coming with anger or coming too hard on your child, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think softening that edge by getting that emotional intelligence in your brain up a little bit helps in those situations too. And that, that that's an area where, especially around here, and I, and I look in Christian bookstores and stuff too, and you see a million books, it feels like for women and moms and things that it's hard to find those books or that instruction or groups that really help men find that that way of approaching situations that aren't always that hyper masculine macho type of approach. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good good point to bring up, man, because there is there's a balance, man, that um that men should strike. You know, on our our show, Wrath and Grace Radio, we recently did a, a episode on masculinity, and then mm -hmm. followed up with an episode on femininity, and um uh, I would encourage you to check those out, but um. But one of the, the, the things is, man, you know, in a, in a shepherd with a shepherding mindset, you know, shepherds, man, they, you know, they carried their staff, you know, and it was a staff to the sheep, but it was a rod to the wolves. And, <laughs> and so in in the man, there needs to exist this dual reality, um, this 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 dual capability of uh, being tender and soft and gentle and patient. And man, you're in your home amongst your kids and amongst your wife and uh, amongst, man, just your community in general. Um, man, you should be marked by those things. You know, you, you should you should be available um, in, in all those ways, including emotionally. But there also does need to exist in the man um, a... <clears throat> It's the best word I can't the word I want to use is, uh, you know, and again, man, people just, you know, I, I like to use my words poetically sometimes, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I see what you're doing. You know, I see what you're doing. <laughs> but um, but there should be the capacity for violence in a man. And what I mean by like like David was a great shepherd, but he he slayed lions and bears and Goliath. Right. Um, he was a violent man, uh, and and that was necessary to rightly care for the sheep. That that was in there, um, the the ability, right? It's not that it's something that you you glorify or you seek out, but as a man, you should have the ability, the the and and and, and the uh, the drive and the and the will to, if necessary, um, to defend and protect, um, and and to be. Uh, violent. I use that word again, right? I'm not, it's like the scriptures talk about like uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. Right. And, um, and th that's what I'm talking about. Um, the violent men of scripture, when I talked about taking the kingdom of heaven, um, it's talking about your pursuit, right? Pursuing like the Bible <laughs> says that violent men take the kingdom of heaven by force. And this is a good thing. It's actually talking about people who in their striving, in their like whatever they have a mentality, like I'm going to bust through this wall. I'm going to climb this hurdle. I'm going to slay this giant. I'm going to whatever I got to do to get to the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. And this is what the Bible is talking about. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it. And so we're called to be those men. Uh, and so <clears throat> so uh, so there's got to be a good mix of both. And not only is that true, but 
we have to be that in order to keep up with godly women. And this is one of the things that, um, uh, uh, again, if we don't teach rightly on things, then voids get filled. But, but, you know, Christianity gets this rap of creating these like demure, docile, you know, soft spined, you know, women who are like second class citizens type of, you know, this, this is what the secular world will teach you about believing women who choose to, you know, maybe they, you know, stay home and, and raise kids and, you know, whatever it is, you know, but, but godly women are powerhouses. God, godly women, like they, they need a masculine man. Like they will run circles around a man who is not living up to what God has called him to live up to. Um, when you read that Proverbs 31, man, that, that woman is a powerhouse, right? Um, you yep. know, not just what she does in the home, but she's an entrepreneur. She, she works and, and, and she's an advocate for her family, speaking praise of her family at the gates. Like, man, you know, like, you know, so, <laughs> so I, I agree with the softness that needs to be there, but I'm telling you, you know, godly women will, will, are godly feminine w- women will run laps around men who are not masculine and who are not strong and who are not, you, you need that just to be able to keep up with your godly woman. In my opinion. Yep. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. Uh, Wade, we, we're running short on time, but there's, there's three questions that have come through in our, uh, in our listeners here uh, who are alive on Facebook and YouTube. The first one I want to touch on is on this same father, wife, husband topic. Brad Toon, who's our, one of our Canadian listeners. Brad, shout out to Canada there. Um, what do we do when our weaknesses vastly outnumber our strengths as fathers? What do we do when our weaknesses vastly outweigh our strengths? You know, that that's a great question. Um, and, and I, and I think maybe if I knew Brad, I'd be able to, to answer a little bit more specifically because, you know, what, what are the weaknesses, you know, are we talking about sin or are we talking about just areas where you'd like to be stronger? I think, um, I I think there's a couple of things too, man, that, that as believers, um, there's some things that just are true. And, and, and sometimes we have to appeal to that. And so what I mean by that, so for example, um, uh, sometimes when we sin or we struggle with sin, if we're in Christ, that's not a status that we go in and out of. We're in Christ, even when we fall short and struggle with sin. And, and so when we are uh, feeling depressed and weighed down with, with guilt and shame, even though we genuinely feel that way, we have to appeal to what is true. Um, and that is that I am in Christ and in him, there is grace and forgiveness and love. And it's already there. I don't have to go work for it. And I don't have to put myself into a spiritual penalty box in order to like be eligible for it again. Right. And so I have to appeal to what's true. And, and as a parent, as a father, uh, sometimes we have to do that too. And, and, and what I mean by that is if you are a father, if you are, um, if you have a child, you have a child because God has called you to be a father. Um, it's, it's not something that happened and now you're here and you don't have, uh, uh, what you need, uh, to be a father. Uh, no, that's not true. 
right? That 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 child is a gift from the Lord, and and God has given you uh, what you need uh, to to raise that child in a way uh, that honors Him. So you have to sometimes you got to lean on what's true, but then also what's true is is there's help <laughs> available, and that help is oftentimes found in Christian community. And a lot of times when I, when I, when folks are struggling. Uh, one of the first things I'll ask about is is their community and what the relationship and sometimes it's non-existent and, and that's unfortunate because we're not meant to do everything alone and uh, we should have uh, other fathers, older men who've raised kids successfully, maybe had similar failures. We should have those people at an arm's reach uh, because we're in community. Uh, and if you lack that, uh, that would be a big thing too, man, to go seek seek out some folks, get in the Christian community, seek out some folks who've got some more experience than you. Uh, but, but don't use that as an excuse to say, Oh man, I'm a dad. And my failures greatly outweigh. Like, no, if you're a dad, you're called to be a dad and God's not going to call you to something and not give you what you need to do the job. Right. And it's not just bad luck for your kid because you don't have this or you're not as good at this as what you need to be. No, like you are called to that. Right. So man, appeal to what's true. That is your child given to you by the Lord. You were appointed to the office of father, right? Get at it. That's awesome. Uh, This one I've got to ask because this is coming from upstairs. Uh, My wife posted this in the group when we were talking about, uh, you know, how you talk about racism in the family, how you, how you talk about everything in the family. Mm-hmm. Our daughter Ellie refers to her black friends as the one with brown skin, just as she would have said the one with blonde hair. Mm-hmm. How do you make that leap to talk about race? And, you know, this was once bad. This is now, they're now equal. Everybody is everybody. It doesn't matter. How do you make that leap to just say they're white, you know, they're black, they're red, they're purple, they're, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. How do you make that leap? Yeah, the first thing I would say is it does matter, right? And, but then mm-hmm. there's the question of is what it matters in what sense, right? And again, right, so you remember how uh, when we were talking and we were talking about not just correcting kids, but what are you appealing to when you correct kids, right? Like, right. why should they be kind? Why should they share? Right. And when they talk about race, skin color, right, why should it matter? Right. And all of this has to point back to Jesus. So why should it matter? Right. And why should it matter? Because God made these things on purpose. Right. So we so me, I I, I talk about uh, so we're so flowers are flowers. Now, does it add to God's creative genius to say, oh, I don't see different flowers? All flowers are the same. <laughs> you know, they, they all yeah. do the same thing. They pollinate the earth and they, you know what I mean? There's no point in seeing the difference in flowers. They're all just flowers created equal. Does that add or diminish the creative genius of God? Right. And, and, and so in the same way, right, we don't have to, <laughs> you know, it's not about, you know, the, you know, she's got a friend with the brown skin. It's not about the friend with the brown skin. It's about God's creative genius. It's about him desiring to create intentionally in a way that gives him glory, right? He, he's done everything like, like, man, like, do we meditate on this stuff? Like, dad, start meditating on this stuff. Like, like take a bite of food 
and just be like, yo, he only had to make this to nourish my body. But instead, he gave me sour taste buds and sweet taste buds and salty taste buds. And and like like he made it in a way it could have been just simple nourishment. But instead, he made all these little things pop in a way that made me go, wow, like I enjoy this. Praise God. Right. He didn't have to do this. He's flexing. Right. And so he's done this with creation. He's done it with everything from flowers to skin tones. Right. These are good things. And 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 so when we talk about it. Right. Uh, we should talk about it in that in, in the same way. Like, what does this have to do with Jesus? What does somebody's brown skin have to do with Jesus? Man, what it has to do with Jesus is worthy. In Daniel chapter seven, it says that he, he, he goes before the ancient of days and all dominion and power and authority was given to him and that all nations, tribes and tongues would worship him. Right. And so the you know we use the word nations right, but the the word nations in the Bible is not talking about borderlines right. It's the, the 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 underlying word when we talk about nations in in, in Greek is 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 the same word we get ethnicities from. It's like ethnos or something. I can't remember mm. how to pronounce. It, but there's ta- literally talking about ethnic groups of people, right? That God made these, and the reward that Jesus gets for his perfect work is the worship of all of the ethnicities, right? And so so our ethnicities are important in that this is Jesus's reward for his perfect work. For he, for him to look out at his desire at his diverse creation and be worshiped by all of it uniquely in different tongues. It's going to be madness like when when Christ returns and he's being worshiped it's it's, it's going to be like every language that has ever been spoken praising Jesus to the max all at the same time. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Right. And so this is what we're talking about. This is why things are why, why things like skin color and ethnicity and things are important is because they belong to Jesus and he Mm -hmm. deserves it. And he's, and he's going to be worshiped with this. These things give, they reflect his creative genius in the earth. Right. And so uh, we don't do him or our kids any favors uh, by, by by shrinking away from these things or or anything like that man praise god and the thing is we talk about this with ethnicity you know with brown skin or whatever but but it's true about white skin too like you were made white to the glory of christ right and and she should your your kids should know that too right like god made you the way he made you on purpose to reflect his creative genius in the world. And he did that for your friend too. And that's why they look a little bit different because it's about him. Basically, you just, you just saying DC talks colored people in a much <laughs> better way of doing it. So you are better than Toby and, and K max and Michael Tate. Thank you very much. I've literally um, never heard the song. So <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Wait, next time, I, next time we summit is back in session. I'm bringing my phone to you and putting it to your ear. You uh, that's DC, DC talk. DC, DC, DC talk. talk. Yeah. Yep. It was I, on their I, Jesus. It was on their Jesus freak album. And oh, if this man. were any normal episode, he'd be singing it right now. So thank you, Wade, for being here. Oh, man. <laughs> this is awful. I have something to not look forward to now. <laughs> oh, Wade. <laughs> You're hurting me, man. <laughs> um, I want to say this uh, before I ask this last question, and it's it's going to be a wrap up question. It's a a good way to, to wrap it up because Kevin asked us a good question. Um, Brad Toon responded to you and said, "Thanks, Wade. The consistency as a father is always a struggle. As a new goat owner, very stubborn. 
the shepherd references in the Bible have a new meaning. Hmm. So that I, I can't say I understand, but you know, the, the parent references in the Bible have a new meaning, had a new meaning to me six years ago. Yeah. So I can, I can see what he's saying with, with the goat references. Yeah. Um, but the last question, and, and this is probably one, I want you to do this personally and I want you to do this professionally. Um, all of these topics you've had, I've had three or four people text me who are watching and listening live on Facebook right now saying that, you know, wow, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy's great. We, we enjoy hearing him. Uh, my friend Kevin asks, what's a good way to get a hold of weight? If there are questions that they have for you off air that they don't want to write here in public, how can they get a hold of you personally first? Uh, man, a lot of different ways. You know, I literally, my wife makes fun of me because I literally add pretty much anybody as a friend on Facebook. So, <laughs> so search for Alexander Wade on Facebook, add me as long as, so I've got a couple general rules. I'll check out, usually I'll check out the profile. And if you've got like, if I can't tell who you are, that you actually are a real person and you, you know, you've just got random images from the internet as your pictures. Some people do that to hide and have anonymity on the internet. And my experience with those people is they tend to be the most argumentative people because nobody knows who they are and mm. nobody can hold them accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and so I've literally had to tell people that on Facebook, like, Hey man, I see that you've got a question here, but I don't engage with people who don't, you know, I'm putting myself out there. You can see I'm a real person. You can see my wife, kids, you can see where I go to church, where, I, you know, all that stuff. And you're, you're just this anonymous bleh, right? So that's the first one. If you're not an anonymous bleh, I will add you as a friend <laughs> on Facebook, um, Twitter. I'm on there. Alexander underscore underscore Wade. I'm on there. Um, Instagram, I, I have, but I like never use it. That's like the worst place to get me at. Um, you can, you can email me. Um, uh, you can email me at a Wade at summitcrossing.org. Um, other than that, or you can just send me a Facebook message, man. I, I use that like Facebook messenger is like my number one texting app. So I, you know, I get a message on there. I'm good, man. I'm, you know, you know, I'm super chill. So I, I'm actually been having a good time with this. I don't know if more questions are coming in. I'm like, man, this is kind of fun. So <laughs> I, I think I I've been looking and trying to to put all the questions. Those are the three big ones that I've seen. Adam, did did I miss any? Did you see any coming through? I don't think so. Okay, I'm scrolling back through, I don't see anything either. Yeah, uh, those are the three that I, I bookmarked to go back to. Um, Wade, I, we've been talking about doing this for what th a month now. Uh, yeah, and, and schedule's been crazy. Man, ours has too. I, I thank you so much for coming on. Um, give a plug for Wrath and Grace. We've done a couple of them, but give us a big plug there. Yeah, so I am uh, one of three guys do, that do Wrath and Grace Radio. Uh, you can join search for Wrath and Grace Radio on Facebook. Uh, we drop a new episode on there every Tuesday. Uh, we also air on DirecTV, Channel 387. Oh, it's uh, NRB TV on Saturdays at 5. Um, five central. Uh, so you can set your DVRs to that and check out wrath and grace radio. You could, uh, you know, hit the podcast, you know, if you like to listen on the podcast app, double time, however you do it, you can just search wrath and grace radio, do that there, man. And our show, man, it's really a show for families. We, we, we try to take big, 
kind of lofty ideas, maybe things that people have a hard time uh, wrestling with, whether it's doctrine, theology, philosophy, what have you, um, and and make it super practical. Uh, so it's myself, uh, Pastor Luke Walker. He's a pastor of uh, Redeeming Cross up in uh, Richfield, Minnesota. And then Pastor Nick Kennecott. He's a pastor out in Savannah, Georgia. And we just got so many different like lenses that we come to. I think that's why I love our show so much is because we are all just different from different walks of life. You know, Nick is almost done with his PhD and he's a former army ranger did like, man, this dude's like, like he, he like only did missions on like the top 20 most one, like, like dude is like Mm. legit. And you see him, you're like, there's, (laughs) there's no way. And you, you know, I'm like, yo, y'all don't know this dude was, you know, but uh, but yeah, man. So, <laughs> so between the three of us, man, you know, uh, we just, uh, man, it's it's great. So check us out there uh, on uh, Wrath and Grace Radio. Awesome, uh, Adam. If they want to get a hold of our show and and call to talk about it, we will. We can't play them as we're talking live, but we can do our Google Voice. How do they get a hold of our show, man? Yeah, it's six five zero UAB show. Spell it out on the keypad. You'll hear a quick message and then a beep. Leave us a message, a hot take, a topic you want us to talk about. And like Dave said, we will play it as part of the show. We do it every week with my dad's question that he sends in. Um, we'll have another one of those next week. And then um, we'll play your stuff too. So 650 UAB show. Yep. And uh, on Instagram, the show is Unrelated at Birth. On Twitter, we are at Not Related Bros. Uh, you see we have a Patreon there. If you want to do it, great. If not, we're, we, it's it just all the money goes right back into the show. We appreciate everything that we have. Um, normally we end the show with a funny quip. I say we, and we mean it. We do love you guys. Adam will say, you know, be kind to each other. Um, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. But this week, I think it it calls for this Wade, Can you close us out in prayer? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, Lord, thank you for, uh, uh, the, the mediums that we have like podcasts. You know, it's a it's a simple thing, but again, it's a good gift, Lord, to be stewarded rightly. So, just pray for, pray for these guys, Lord, as they continue to uh, use the show uh, to encourage and to edify. Um, so, just continue to bless them, Lord. They mentioned Patreon, you know, humbly, but they need money to to run this thing, man. It ain't it ain't free, it ain't cheap. I know personally, so bless them in that area. Um, God, I want to pray for all the parents out there um, that uh, you would. Uh, just put a, a charge uh, in all of our hearts to take up the task, uh, to walk in our calling. Um, it's it's not something that happened to us uh, by chance, uh, but something that you uh, have ordained in eternity, in eternity past. Lord, you decided that these children would be ours to shepherd and to care for. Um, and I pray, God, that we would not shrink, um, that the women would be godly women and wives and mothers that the men would be godly men and fathers and husbands that that the women would would be the powerhouses that they are to the glory and the fame of jesus christ and that the men would be soft and gentle and emotional and patient and fierce and and strong and all those things to the glory of christ for the sake of our children lord that ultimately they would uh, be in you as we are in you uh, and that they would worship us worship you with us one day with the nations in your name we pray amen